1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. We are getting set to be
2: joined by Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker insider calls brought to you by driveway.com looking for a car go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified buy a car and get it delivered the former NFL offensive lineman and cowboy is part of the Eagles' broadcast as we get set for Saturday. Where are we at with the line? Still Cowboys by five, five and a half. Uh,
3: I, th- I saw it at five and a half yesterday. Uh, I haven't seen this morning if it had moved up there uh, at all. But it's mean, five maybe, right now. Five right now. Okay. Yeah, there's so many places, have so many different uh, lines. Usually they're within a the half point of each other though.
2: And that makes, but that means he's like basic. In the commercial break, was like he's one hundred percent not playing if the line went from one to five. Like, right. out.
3: Done. Yeah, Vegas Vegas isn't going to move the line like that uh, if he's going to play. And they know, and they knew before, anybody else, that he was hurt. Uh, that, that, I still I still have a problem with that. Uh, actually, right now, MGM's got it at four and a half. Right, right now. Talk about what they're missing with some of the deep ball
2: stats. Uh, as you're going to put the deep balls here in Bobby's deep face. deep balls
3: right in Bobby's face. All in the face. All right. So... Does Jalen go downfield? This past past week, this past week, Jalen hurts through the ball fourteen. So, a downfield pass, a deep throw, is considered fifteen air yards or more, which is a little silly.
4: You think so? Because do you think of a fifteen-yard out route, five yards past the chains? Is man, he just pushed the ball downfield.
3: What do you think it should be? Twenty.
2: Okay.
4: All right.
3: I I can.
2: I can. I can live with that.
3: Yeah. You know. But whatever. So, anyway, Hurts threw the ball 14 times, 15 yards or further downfield. This past week, Patrick Mahomes did it three times. In week 14, Jalen Hurts threw it nine times, 15 yards or more. Patrick Mahomes, seven. Week 13, Hurts nine, Mahomes six. Week 12, they both had five. Week 11, Hurts six, Mahomes ten. In the last five weeks, Jalen Hurts is 19 of 43, Seven TDs and two picks on balls more than 15 yards downfield. That's uh, 44%. Mahomes is 15 of 31 with one TD and no picks. That's 48%. That's not a huge difference in terms of the completion percentage, but it is a huge difference in the volume of throws downfield. Like, Jalen Hurts pushes that football. He is not a running back who plays quarterback. That dude is a, uh, this year at least, an elite quarterback. And there's really no other way to say it. And they're going to miss a lot. They're missing a lot of downfield throws in this week.
4: So just to paint the difference here, we just talked about how much Jalen Hurts is pushing it 15 yards down the field, more than Mahomes to show you. That's kind of his cap. Mahomes has thrown 12 more passes of 20 air yards or more down the field than Hurts this year. So that's his window, is fifteen to twenty. If you're talking about twenty plus, like he Mahomes pushes the ball more than twenty yards down. I the have field. to go
3: look in the you know last few weeks. I, I didn't I didn't do twenty plus. I just did what they consider downfield at fifteen.
4: So I'd be mean, i can go back. The think. other concerning thing, because this all came up when we were talking about could Dallas hang with that. The other thing is, Mahomes throws the ball a ton deep down the right sideline. That's where Hertz struggles with it more. Is on the right sideline. His completion percentage, there's like 34% or something like that. It's it, I think it's like 25th in the league. And that's where Kelvin Joseph slash Nashawn Wright or whoever's going to be standing. And that's where Mahomes likes to attack. Oh. And so I wouldn't, I just, I don't think that the this whole thing came from like the idea of like could the Cowboys keep up with that, that passing game, Buffalo, Kansas City, things like that. And I don't think they could. I think they could keep up with the passing game if it turned into a shootout with the Eagles. By the way, uh, Micah Parsons.
2: Peyton, call Ross here. I'll send you his number. I, I, I love I love the communication around here. We were on a break. It's fantastic. He says, I'm waiting for you to call me. <laughs> so now we'll go ahead and we'll call Ross Tucker. Michael Parsons, according to the PFF, first in pressures last week with 12. This wow. did not seem the case. One sack, his pressure percentage was first in the NFL against Jacksonville, 29%. PFF. You want to debate that or give them props to that and agree with it, Bobby?
4: Did, didn't did we all come in here and say Micah didn't play well enough? I thought so. This is first throughout the league in pressures last week. So when we consistently come in here and PFF is giving us stuff that no one else agrees with, I don't think we go, wow, what are we missing? I think it's what is this one outlet missing?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think like counterintuitive thought is good.
4: Counter challenging thought no, is good, but saying like, this yeah. is the standard what we say and like if you guys don't agree with this, you you just missed what the game said. Then it's like, OK, well, that's ridiculous as consistently as you guys deviate from all other analysts.
2: all right, Let's bring in Mr. Big Time. Uh, I guess since, you know, you got the best record in the NFL and you're on the Eagles broadcast, I guess nowadays you can just show up five minutes late for your interview of your Ross Tucker on the Diamond Factory hotline. Good morning, Ross.
5: They never told me that
2: I was supposed to call you. I don't even
5: have your number. I've been sitting here for five minutes waiting for you guys to call me.
2: Mm. Okay. Because it feels like the whole city, is everyone's getting a little full of themselves. Like, it's a walk right to the Super Bowl in Arizona. You're picking out what breweries you're going to celebrate at. Uh, Howard Eskim was on yesterday being his annoying self. I mean... Is there any fear in Philly that this thing is like, it's, it's just been decided, it's over too soon, too early? Um. Well, there's
5: a lot of consternation about Jalen Hurts' shoulder injury and a lot of frustration. I mean, Tuesday morning, you'll appreciate this, it's so Philly. I go on with Angelo Cataldi, the oh. legend, in the morning, and he's mad that, you know, Miles Sanders didn't get the ball till. Six minutes left in the second quarter, and then Hertz had that many carries. And he says, "Ross, is there any logical explanation for that?" And I said, "Well, they were playing an extra safety in the box, so they were man to man on the outside, essentially. So they tried to throw it, and then in the run game, because they had they were man to man, and you know because they had the extra guy in the box, they wanted Hertz as the runner, so they had an extra blocker. And he like totally eviscerated me and started <laughs> yelling at me. I said, I said." I'm not saying they should have done it. You asked me for a logical explanation. So I'm giving it to you. Like like that's the way they do it. Like, he'll ask me for an explanation for something, a possible explanation, so I'll try to give him one and then he'll get mad at me about it. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. I will say this though. It puts I mean, you guys are in a terrible position on so many levels. Like, first of all, I'd be very surprised if Hertz plays. Very surprised. So now it's like If you beat Minshew and the Eagles, it's like, okay, well, you're supposed to beat their backup quarterback. Right. But if Minshew comes in and plays well and the Eagles win, then it really looks bad for the Cowboys. And then either way, um, there is one unique scenario for the Eagles we can get into. But either way, it appears as if the Cowboys are going to have to win three road playoff games. And it's just disappointing because – From, for your perspective, because they're second in the NFL in sacks. They're, I think they're the highest scoring team in the NFL since Dak's been back. I mean, like there's so many stats that point to how good this edition of the Cowboys is. And yet they're probably going to have to win three road playoff games. I guess the one positive is for the first time in a while, they're very likely to win a playoff game with their first game at the NFC South champ. You'd be, it'd be shocking if they lost that one. So maybe this is a good way for the Cowboys to actually win a playoff game this year.
2: How, hard, how serious is the Hurts injury uh, in your mind or according to what you're hearing? Is this more maintenance or is this a little bit more serious? No, it's not
5: that serious. How can it be that serious <laughs> if it happened in the third quarter against the Bears and he played his best part of the game in the
2: fourth quarter. Well, people say the same about Josh Allen. People are like, how did Josh Allen uncork a a deep ball, you know, with his arm injury? Mm -hmm. Is it based off adrenaline or anything? I don't know.
5: Yeah, but here's the thing. Josh Allen ended up not even missing the game after that. Yeah. You know, everybody's all worried about it, but he didn't miss the game. And if this were a playoff game this week, I think Hurts would play because he showed he can play. They would shoot it up. He's got a – I'm sure he's got a separated AC joint is what it looked like. That's what, like, Dr. Chow, pro football doc, is saying. But from an Eagles perspective, they need to win one of the last three games for home field, for number one seed. And it just seems to make sense. Minshew's good. Like, Minshew's pretty good. So, it makes sense. Why put Hurts out there for – you know, Micah or somebody to kill him, light him up, and then he lands on it and makes it worse. They'd rather let that thing heal up. I will say this, though. Here's where the Eagles get in a weird spot. So let's say they lose Saturday night, which is very possible, obviously. Um, Cowboys are favored for a reason. They should be blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't want to go into a one-game scenario Mm -hmm. in Week 18 against the Giants who need the game to make the playoffs. Like, you don't want to have to play all your guys in that last game and have to win that game to win the division, win the NFC East. So the scenario, the, the interesting thing is they probably don't want Hurts to have to play against the Saints, but if they lose the Cowboys, they also don't want it to have to come down to the final game. So they'll probably will bring back Hurts for the Saints game, would be my guess.
3: And, and if you're the coach, that's what you're doing. You keep him out this week, and then you bring him back next week if you're if you're Sirianni? Well, I don't know
5: enough about the injury, but based on what I'm looking at and what I think, yes. That is what I think I would do. I would let him have the full two weeks to heal, the sprained AC joint, have him play. And, and obviously, they're, they're probably hoping so badly that Minshew can somehow get the win against the Cowboys. Then you can let Hurts rest for a while. But let's assume they lose. I I do not say, you know what, let's just hope that Minshew can beat the Saints. I think you got to bring Hurts back at that point. Hopefully run him as little as possible. Make sure you beat the Saints. And then he can actually sit out the next game against the Giants. They can all sit out the next game against the Giants. And then they get the bye. And then they get ready to... Hope we go on a playoff run. Although I thought it was interesting where Kyle Shanahan came out and said, said, he thinks that's a mistake. He thinks resting players is a mistake. You know, it's a one game scenario. This is not like the NBA where it's a seven game series. And if you have guys sitting out a week or two and resting, you know, they might be sluggish when they come back and it might be too late, which is interesting because the Eagles will likely have the bye, So some of these guys, you know, they won't play for three, four weeks
4: talking with Ross Tucker here on 105 through the fan Ross assuming everybody gets back to normal health you know Jalen Hurts is ready healthy you know for the divisional round where do you think Philadelphia is most vulnerable going into their playoff run
5: um they they it's tough man I mean look I'm I'm from the area even though I never played for them I went to my first game at the Vet in 84, I think, maybe 85. Which, by the way, back then, you probably, if you're in the 700 level, which is all we could afford, you probably watch the game half the time and you watch the fights and people pouring beer on people's heads (laughs) and and stands half the time. It was, like, wildly entertaining for a six-year-old to be in that environment. Um, It's the best Eagles team I've ever seen. Like, it's better than any of the McNabb, like, 2004 team. It's better than the team that won the Super Bowl five years ago. Put it into perspective, okay? They have eight guys that made the Pro Bowl. That's the most in the NFL. They have nine alternates. They have 17 guys, okay, that are either Pro Bowlers or alternates. And there's some weird rule that if you're on IR – you're not on the ballot. So Dallas Goddard, who's absolutely a Pro Bowl tight end, is not, was not eligible. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who I think still leads the NFL interceptions, wasn't on the ballot. So they would have had a minimum of 19 guys, either as Pro Bowlers or as alternates, and like Jayvon Hargrave is a D-tackle, has 10 sacks, and he didn't make the Pro Bowl. He's an all. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's just,
0: it's, um, they have a loaded... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
1: with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: loaded roster. Uh, if I played against them, I'd probably play the way the Bears did. I'd put the extra safety in the box. I take my chances with bump and run coverage on Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I try to get pressure on Hertz, and I take my chances that Hurts has a bad game. But Hertz hasn't had a bad game all year. I mean, A.J. Brown had 181 yards. Devontae Smith had like one. They had the two of those guys over 300 yards receiving against the Bears Mm -hmm. because that's what the Bears did. But the final score was 25-20. The Bears actually – you know they were able to hang by doing that.
3: Ross Jerry joined us on Tuesday and said Dak played outstanding. Uh that that drew a lot of criticism from pundits. Uh well, how did you think he played and what do you think of that? You know, did he play outstanding or, or was Jerry was Jerry just just crazy?
5: Well, so I'm a little bit perplexed by I guess it goes along with being the Cowboys quarterback or whatever. But I mean they're up 27-10 or whatever. Obviously, the Jags came back, but even after the Jags took the lead, Dak took him down for that touchdown. Yeah, which I thought was impressive. Then overtime, I mean, he can't hand the ball to Noah Brown. I don't know. <laughs> you guys have to tell me. I didn't watch every snap of the game. Like, what am I missing? He threw one other pick, right?
2: Yeah, he threw the pick that, that near their own goal line, which some argued he got. He got his arm hit. And then you have Lashawn McCoy and, and other people just grouping the interceptions. He threw two picks. He can't throw two picks, even though you even had some Cowboy fans saying the final interception was Dak's fault, which we think is absolutely insane.
5: It is insane. It is insane. That's ridiculous. And also, you know, sometimes I wonder how you know some some people just go on the stats. Some people I don't know how much you know, they watched, I mm-hmm. thought he played well. I mean, they scored 34 points. What, what's, what's gotten into your defense? Yes. That's the bigger question. Yes. Like the defense was supposed to be locked down. They're second in the NFL on sacks, but they're not playing as well. I mean, they, they didn't really get that much pressure on Trevor Lawrence. That Jags O-line is not like the Eagles O-line And now credit Laura's getting rid of the ball quickly. I saw Micah had one sack. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the play where Micah almost got a sack but then recovered that fumble, but that is just outrageous. (laughs) I feel like because they lost, that didn't get talked about enough, that should not be possible, (laughs) that you're in the backfield and you almost get a sack and then like 20 yards downfield you recover the fumble. (laughs) Um, I'm doing the Raiders-Steelers game Saturday night for Westwood 1. And I guess there's some stat, which I never even heard of, which is called like a hustle stat, which is like plays that are made where you have to run more than 20 yards. And it's not a surprise, but Micah leads the NFL in that stat. Mm. Plays where he's had to run more than 20 yards to then ultimately – make the tackle or the play or whatever.
2: Who's your two three in the NFC real quick?
5: By the way, you know they're gonna steal my boys Defensive Player of the Year award, right? You know they're gonna give it to Bosa now.
4: Yes. Yeah.
5: We kinda need Micah to have like three sacks of Minshew on Christmas Eve, which is not real easy to have. like forget against Lane Johnson you can almost forget it. Against Mylata that's still not really easy. But somehow um you know, they're going to end up giving it to Bosa, which annoys me. Um, two is the Niners and three is the Cowboys. And four is the Vikings. Yeah. That's the way it is. Um, the only three I could see going to the Super Bowl are the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys. But, like, there's, there's – how could anybody have any faith that the Cowboys would win three road playoff games? It's, it's, like, impossible. So, I guess it's either the Eagles or the Niners is what I'm saying.
2: We hope to do this again uh, when the postseason rolls around. Maybe you'll be on time. Thank
5: you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Unbelievable. (laughs) Literally sitting here waiting for the call. Check your email.
2: Uh, Peyton, bad job by Peyton, the producer. Thank you, Ross. Love you, brother. That was an odyssey NFL insider. Ross Tucker, insider calls brought to you by driveway.com. Head to driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in driveways nationwide inventory. Apparently, it was worth tampering with Jalen Brunson. And the Pete Davidson of the sports world is about to own the L.A. Lakers. Next.
3: Anthony Edwards, the last six points for Minnesota. And they cut the Dallas lead in half. A wide open three. Four in a row for Dallas as
2: Reggie Bullock hits the bullseye. That was the call last night as the Mavs get a nice win to get back to five hundred. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves, this is Sean and RJ on DFW Sports Station. We got Bobby, Peyton, and Ryan here on 105.3 The Fan. New York Knicks didn't really get punished for tampering with Jalen Brunson.
3: Well, I mean, they did those, a uh, what a uh,
2: second round draft pick. Second round pick.
4: Oh dear God!
2: For apparently I, yeah. locking in the Jalen Brunson deal earlier, earlier. than they teach were him. earlier teach. than they were supposed to.
3: Uh, yeah, that'll teach you. Here's the problem. No matter what happened, if Jalen Brunson ended up with the Knicks, they 100% would have been tampering. Even if, no matter what happened, his dad is literally a coach. <laughs> Who's the GM or um, Leon Rose? Isn't that like his godfather or something? Something like
4: that. Well, yeah, yeah it was so, like it was his dad's agent or something. Yeah, or his so, former agent.
3: So you mean it's like, so he's not allowed to talk about his penny free agency with his own father? Dante Bichette had to resign his position from the Blue Jays during and, the strike. And, and, and like, it's dumb. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, if it's my kid, I'm I'm, I'm talking to my child. Like, it's not collusion. It's not tampering. It's my own kid. Uh, so, it's like, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. It's convenient.
4: it's convenient. It is convenient. It's a, it's a convenient claim.
3: Jalen Brunson was seven last night,
2: three of 14 shooting as the Knicks uh, lost to the Toronto Raptors on the season. Don't look it up. Anyone want to guess Jalen Brunson's numbers?
3: Uh I'll say 18.6. 19.5 and 8. 20.4 6.3 assists. That's
2: 16th in the NBA. 3 rebounds a game. He's shooting 46%.
3: I mean, those aren't bad numbers. No. Those are those are pretty good. I mean, he's a good player. I, I wouldn't I mean is, is he a $30 million a year guy or whatever? 26 and
2: 3. Twenty six and three, they Luka would love that around
3: here. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would, he would absolutely love that around here. This is how how different would this team be? Uh, We got breaking news in the Uh National Football
2: League, presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. The NFL has announced they have reached a multi-year deal with Google, giving YouTube TV and YouTube. Exclusive rights to NFL Sunday ticket in the United States starting next season. Okay, so now, I got a choice. Now I got a
3: huge choice in the Sharif household. So can you not get Red Zone anymore with with DirecTV? That's the question. Uh, why wouldn't you be able to get Red Zone? That's not tied to Sunday ticket. No, it's not, but like, I had at and verse so I couldn't get Red Zone. They didn't have NFL Network at all on Uber.
4: So, so Alex Sherman from CNBC says, the bit, he just tweeted this, he said the big takeaway for consumers is that the package will be available as a standalone product and as an add-on to YouTube, YouTube TV. Oh, so you don't have to get YouTube TV. You can just get the product. You can just get Sunday Ticket, okay. which I have, which I think is available. Here in Dallas, you can get it as just a standalone because I bought Sunday Ticket by itself. But it's just, I think in certain markets, like certain areas of with Dallas. the red zone in it. Yeah, with certain zip codes, like within Dallas. Because I remember David Hellman was complaining about that. He and I were talking about it. Hellman, where he lived, he couldn't get Sunday ticket as a standalone, but I could where I lived. What? Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous.
3: Dude, the blackout restrictions in these professional sports, like Major League Baseball. Uh, I had a buddy who lived in Iowa, okay? Like seven different baseball teams were blacked out in Iowa. Like you couldn't, if you had, if you had the MLB package you couldn't get cubs games, white Sox twins, like royals, like like all these teams were blacked out. The blackout restrictions in Major League Baseball are so stupid. And I hate that that was the case with you and Hellman, were like, you know, you can't certain zip codes. Like who cares about your zip code? I've never not had direct TV. Never.
2: Even going back to my parents' house in Maryland, always yeah. direct TV. So this is a uh, this is shaking me up like my, my grandmother having to switch to uh her, her new telephone. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I mean, when we I, gave
2: I, her a microwave for Christmas, <laughs> she literally broke down and cried. Really? Yeah, she felt overwhelmed with the technology with a microwave. And that's how yeah, boil the coffee, boil the water.
4: Oh
1: God!
2: Don't sit there with a the microwave. I mean, the woman lived to hundred. Yeah,
4: time to get away from the rotary phone, Sean. I know. Come into the to come into the the
2: God. mainer. Which I'm by so the way, overwhelmed by all the apps and all the. All the Roku's and all that. It,
3: it's just like you're, like the Roku and the Fire Stick is so easy. It's so so awesome.
2: And my uh, wife says, oh, you can figure out how to cook a brisket overnight without waking up with your phone technology and your, you know, Flame Boss 300, but you, you can't figure out TVs, which is true.
4: It's, it's interesting. Uh, one of our producers over at NFL Network had just tweeted out that Look at this now. The NFL is clearly shifting towards, like, let's partner up with tech giants because this is now partnerships with Google, Amazon, and Microsoft in the last, like, five years where Uh, they're they're locked in. Wow. All right. Thanks to the Tolos who sent us uh,
2: Jacob deGrom's goodbye to the New York Mets, which, by the way, you got to get ready to tell us about the Mets becoming the Yankees. Go ahead and say goodbye,
4: Bobby. Yes. I'm going to get the dang thing back up. It just closed on me. Uh... He's got Paul Schwartz. He gave this uh, to the New York Post is uh, where he sent this. And it says, to the city of New York load up please you want me to just do it no to the city of new york the new york (laughs) mets organization and mets fans everywhere i can still remember the exact moment that i stood on the city field mound for the first time after getting called up in 2014 it was a moment filled with so many wonderful emotions that will always be etched in my mind my family and i forever grateful to the mets for an incredible last 11 years and most importantly for believing in me for giving me the opportunity to play the game i love at the highest level for all these years There are so many people that I want to thank and recognize. And then he uh, goes into a laundry list of people that he wants to thank. And the Mets? The Mets,
3: uh, they're not the Yankees. They haven't become the Yankees. They have far surpassed in this. Nobody has ever spent like the New York Mets. Ever. It's not even close. Boston. Not even close. The Yankees. The Dodgers. Not even close. Not even close with the Carlos Correa 12 for 315. The the their payroll has surged to 382 million. Now, last year, the Dodgers led baseball before the All-Star breaks so and before the trade deadline with a 260 million dollar payroll. The Mets is now at 382 million. That's 89 million dollars beyond the fourth and highest tax threshold. So when you factor in luxury tax, they're going to be paying over $100 million in luxury tax. Their luxury tax bill of $109 million is higher than the current payrolls of the Orioles, Marlins, Royals, Reds, Pirates, A's, D-backs, and and that's it. They will have a salary and uh, luxury tax
4: payroll this year. This year. Of four hundred ninety-one million (laughs) dollars, Mark Cuban just had an aneurysm at that luxury tax number. He just can't even imagine that. Wow, wow! Now Steve Cohen is
2: their owner, so the previous still thought it was a good idea to. They're going for it, and they're like, "We're better off trading Degrom for Verlander." Yeah, so they're definitely going for it. Uh, That wasn't a cheap move by them to let Degrom go. They thought they upgraded with health.
3: Yeah, they got uh, you know, an older guy who's coming off a of Cy Young for 2 years and 43 million dollars each. Now, is this going to Is this going to By the way, the the NBA has a soft cap of 123 million. The Mets luxury tax is almost as high as the NBA salary cap limit. Man,
2: the salary cap. So
3: the NBA salary cap is <laughs> 123 million. Are they the ones who tried to give Drake May 5 million? Maybe are. Steve Cohen He's worth seventeen billion. So this is a this is this is a, this is one thirty fourth of his wealth. <laughs>
2: props
4: to them. Must be nice.
2: Yeah, props Pro- to them, props man. To them. All right, let's uh, let's bring in Cowboys analyst Babe Laufenberg to get you set for filthy on Saturday. Babe Laufenberg next on the fan.
4: All right, Cowboys-Eagles
2: on Saturday. Let's bring in the guy you're going to hear on the radio, Babe Laufenberg on the Diamond Factory Hotline here on Sean and RJ. Good morning, Babe. Are you uh, are you winterized? Are you winter-prepped for tonight and tomorrow?
6: <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I covered uh, my hoses, hose bibs, I should say, last night. When we get off of this and before I head to McCartney, I'm going to try to get some stuff over the shrubs. It's not like I've got an estate where mm. I've got a lot of, things to cover, but there's a couple of bushes out there I'd like to see make it through the weekend.
2: Yeah. I imagine (laughs) you, I automatically put you in a handyman category when I see you out fishing as much as Uh, you do. uh, So are you, are you a great handyman?
6: You know, I am not uh, much to the chagrin of my father, rest his soul. He was a civil engineer and he could fix anything. I mean, we added on to our house. He did the cabinetry. He did the electrical. He did the roofing. I mean, he could do all that stuff. Oh. And, you know, he grew up in the, during the era of the depression and in the depression, you weren't, you know, something wrong, wrong with the pipe. You didn't call a plumber. So they, those people learned how to fix everything. Yeah. And yeah, my dad, I mean, he was like, Hey, you know, the NFL thing is great. The network TV thing is great. But I mean, <laughs> if you, if you, if you can't change spark plugs in your car, you're just not a man. Right. You know, those people, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, that's a nice little thing, but I mean if you can't fix your own home, you're you're not a man.
2: You're not you're worthless. I know. That's <laughs> why you gotta pick your wife carefully. Like let her know early on you're incapable, <laughs> like I did. Let her know you cannot do anything. Or just live in an apartment, have maintenance fixes.
3: Undersell, over deliver. Exactly. Right. You
6: have two you have two choices. You say, look, I want you to know I can't fix anything, but I make a lot of money so we can get the people.
3: <laughs> 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 All right, babe. I, I
2: don't know how this happened. We thought that Jerry on Tuesday was you know, kind of, uh, you know, it, it wasn't headline grabbing. It wasn't newsworthy. Uh, but Dak playing outstanding became the huge headline. LaShawn McCoy, Stephen A. Smith, uh, they couldn't fathom it. They think Jerry Jones is crazy. We agree with Jerry. How did you think Dak played against Jacksonville?
6: Oh, I, I thought he played very well. As Also, um, you know, we all, we all remember the last play, right? But, you, you look at that, obviously it's in and out of Noah Brown's hands. And uh, I'd said at the time, you know, I had the conversation with Brad, and I said, I'll bet you he, he never saw that ball because there are times, especially when that, that last play, that interception out of Noah Brown's hands, they're about 10 yards away from each other. And Dak is behind an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Consequently, and Noah Brown is making his way through across traffic, right to left across that formation, very shallow. And the ball ends up being shot out of your helmet like a Pez dispenser. You know, he and he said as much yesterday. He he never saw it leave Dak's hand. And I said, basically, think of a you're at the plate, right? You're at the plate. You're taking on a 90 mile an hour fastball. Of course, now it's 100, and you don't pick the ball up out of the, they. You get to open your eyes when the ball is 55 feet away, <laughs> and you're just reacting to it. And that's a little bit what happened to Noah there. Now. Does he need to catch it? Absolutely. Uh, could it have at least just been an incompletion? He dropped it on the ground and we keep playing football? Yes. But obviously the the worst of all possible things happened there. But no, as to Dak not playing well, I mean, I don't know what they're watching, honestly.
4: Babe, you know, we not just with those interceptions on Sunday, um, but, you know, like, for instance, PFF had something out this week that said, Uh, Dak has six interceptions this year out of his 11 that they didn't grade as interceptable throws. So a receiver runs a wrong route or it's, you know, hit up in the air or dropped or whatever else. Do you think that this past Sunday is sort of a a microcosm for how Dak has played this year?
6: Uh, A little bit, a little bit. Yes. Um, And I, I always look at interceptions as was it the decision or was it the throw? So. Basically, you can get intercepted because you made a poor decision, through into coverage, or you can get an interception because you made a poor throw. The guy's open, got it a foot behind him on an out route, and it gets picked off. And uh, so when you put those in those categories, how many has Dak had? He had the one against Indy, through an out route against outside leverage. I'd put that on the decision. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. Go back and look at the sixth play of this game. They doubled up. I'm going to get a little technical here, but we'll follow along. They bracketed CD Lamb. Snap of the ball, they got brackets on CD, play, playing him inside outside. Mm-hmm. So the outside corner has help inside. He doesn't need to bite on anything going outside, right? If you want to give him a move inside, fine. I got a guy in there. And I, I don't, that ball should have been intercepted. It gets caught. CD Lamb catches it for about 15, 15 yards. As soon as the ball went in the air, I just said, oh, this is trouble. And CD, somehow worked his way in front of the defender and got on that ball. But if you go back and look at that play, it, it's not a good read, but they completed it. And you go back and look at the interception that was thrown and run back for the touchdown in overtime. You say, okay, I don't really have an issue with that. If that's Pat Mahomes, and I know you guys had a little Mahomes talk going on early, if that's Pat Mahomes. You say, Oh, what a great play. He's awesome. Look at the arm angle. Don't we love him? Right. <laughs> but, right. but with that, Ball pops out in the air. and Fundamentals really are bad. off. Fundamentals are bad. Yes, yeah. yeah, we're all back on to, uh, you know, Dak and what's wrong with him. But, no, if you when you look at the overall body of work against
2: Jacksonville, uh, it was good, all in right, my opinion. Before we get to Philly, I, I want to ask you uh, for your offensive opinion, that, that, that third and ten, that drive, right, that yeah. so many people are furious over. In my opinion – you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you if you hand it off three times, make them burn the timeouts, you are not playing to win. You're playing to lose. I would have voted for the handoff on third down. But every, you know, if you throw deep and you're aggressive, then you're reckless. It was a dumb play. How do you view that type of drive and what happened on that drive, babe?
6: I would view it the way you viewed it. Um, I'm running the ball on third down. I'm either running it or I'm throwing like a smoke screen. Yeah. Something that's mm-hmm. going to guarantee you of a completion, not a first down. But I know when this play ends, the clock is running one way or the other. Yep. Well, they really got into trouble was, and it wasn't because of the call, but their, their first down run lost three yards. <laughs> yeah. So now you want to run it again. And, and I think that was it's exactly what I would have done. You run it again and they only get three. So now you got the third and 10. So that changed things for me. Um, third and 10 is hard to pick up. And I still cannot comprehend what the play call was. And if it was executed properly, haven't got to the bottom of it, but you've got three verticals (laughs) and he throws to Noah Brown. The corner is off on Noah Brown. I mean, that tells you immediately you, you get up there. Your pre-snap look says, I'm not throwing the go route here to Noah Brown. The defensive corner was 10 yards off the ball. You're not going to get that play. So, None of that play made sense, uh, including just throwing it. But if you're going to throw it, you're throwing three verticals. That's all Dak had to to work with. Mm-hmm. So that, that th- those were the issues I had with that. And again, whatever you fin- however that play finished on third and ten, had to finish with a running clock to make Jacksonville use their final timeout, and it didn't, obviously.
3: Cowboys analyst, Babe Loffberg, join us here, 105 through the fan. If Hertz doesn't play, how different does the Eagle offense look with Minshew?
6: Oh, it's definitely going to look different. Um, obviously, you still have the same guys blocking for him, the same guys catching for him. But I always thought, too, guys, you know, when you have that player like Hertz who is pretty unique, um, the backup should be as unique as him. He won't be as good as him, right. but he should have sort of the same skill set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the one I always looked at was the craziest, you know, Joe Flacco backed up Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought, okay, that, that's two different offenses. Now, now Minshew can run a little, you know, not, he's not, you're not going to use him like Hurts and designed runs, but if you want to sit there and boot him and he's going to be able to, he's an athlete, but, um, the, the Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson thing. I thought, okay, you might as well have like two offensive coordinators too. Okay, you'll call him for yeah. Joe, and you'll call him for Lamar. But I I, I I, was a little disappointed, if you will, the Cowboys didn't pick up Minshew. If you recall, when he was traded, it was basically the day of the Cowboys-Jacksonville game um, two years ago in the preseason. And, you know, they gave up a six-round pick for him. I always liked him. I could, I could give you some numbers but you don't want them. Hmm. But he's he's right up there. He he was on a bad football team. But the year he starts for Jacksonville, he he had 37 touchdowns and, and 10 interceptions. Uh completed 63% of his passes. that was a that was a bad football team. But uh no, I I really always liked him and I I do not look at it as okay, Gardner Minshew is playing who comes a easy Cowboys victory. <laughs> I don't see it that way.
2: Babe Ross Tucker, like, hesitated for five seconds when we asked him, let's see mm. if your tape study has anything different. What's Philly's weakness? What, what what are the areas to attack?
6: I don't know. I love Ross Tucker, first off. I don't know that they really have any. Um, the run defense hasn't been as great, but they got Jordan Davis back. Jordan Davis, you know, first rounder out of Georgia, huge man in that middle. You know he'd been gone, and the, the rush numbers with him in the game and out of the game are about a yard and a half difference. So he makes a huge difference. But I always say, Philly can beat you. Any any game you want to play, they can beat you. They they can run the ball. If you want to take that away, they can throw it. They've got a tight end. Dallas Goddard's coming back. They have two excellent corners. I don't know if there are two corners on the same team better than these two. Uh, they're they're big up front. They're physical. So I I mean, there's not a real weakness. The only they they lost a little bit when they lost CJ Gardner Johnson, their safety. He led the NFL in interceptions. He's got six. Still leading the NFL and he's missed the last three games. But you know, that hurt him a little bit. But overall, I I, I don't see a, an area that you necessarily say, ah, we can exploit this. What's wrong? What, what did Ross Tucker say? What did he not like?
4: He eventually he, he paused for a long time, talked around for about two minutes, and then finally came back and said Bring a safety in the box. Take away the run. Play press coverage and hope Jalen Hurts has a bad game.
6: <laughs> hope is not a game plan, as they say. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I, I got to ask you about a campaign platform. I got to ask you about hope. <laughs> <laughs> here we go, Bobby. Bobby politics over here. Dave. <laughs> what, did, what did Bobby say? I'm oh, sorry. He said hope was a campaign platform.
3: Oh, there we go. There we go.
2: Yeah, would you like to comment no, on that? No, I mean there's, there's
3: to, No, no, no.
6: Hey, there are ways. I always tell Brad, "Hey, there's ways to win all these games. No matter who you're playing, right? Doesn't matter the game, there's ways for these teams to win all of them." Now, we didn't know the way for Minnesota to beat Indy was to fall behind 33-nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but they end up winning. We didn't know the way for the Raiders to beat New England was have New England just blow a gasket at the end of the game, but hey, that that was the way it happened. So, uh yeah, there are ways to win them, but they're just, again, I I think Philly can come play whatever game you want to play that day. Is this, and that's to me, the mark of a really good team.
2: What's wrong with this Cowboys defense? And is this number two corner spot, something that they cannot cover up and, and, and try and hide?
6: Well, obviously you can try and hide it by throwing an extra guy over there, playing more too deep stuff, which they don't play a ton of, but you can't, in my mind, if, that position is just going to get exposed. You got to do something. You got to, now you take away resources from somewhere else, but uh, you you can't just let that thing be your albatross. You know, you can't just let them attack that corner all game long. And I don't know what they're going to get out of that spot. You know, Deshaun Wright hasn't played much. Mm -hmm. Um, We we saw Kelvin Joseph, you know, a, a talented quote unquote player that, I can't imagine where his confidence is. You know, he's getting beat for touchdowns and he gets pulled out of the game. Uh, so to, what kind of mindset will he have going out onto the field? And now you got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Guess what? They're better than the guys that were burning you last week. Yeah. So, I mean, they're they're in a tough spot. But, hey, as I always say, you know, Dan Quinn, what's he got in front of his name? Coach. Hello. Yeah. Coach. So it's on him. To figure it out
2: good luck to your pipes <laughs> and <Thank> uh <laughs> we'll try to imitate you later on today in winter rising babe thank you P- please do Merry- you know the, the the alternative to a little bit of
6: work is a lot of work
2: do you get sham a christmas gift every year y'all do a gift exchange we do we do is there a gift limit on that is there a price limit
6: No, you know what I do. My gift to him is I just show up for games. I feel like like, A, it's priceless, and B, (laughs) it's gift enough.
2: (laughs) Dave Love from the Diamond Factory Hotline. Happy holidays, brother. Here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. The Pete Davidson of the sports world is about to own the Lakers and was yesterday the beginning of the end of this Texas college football coach. Final hour on the fan after this.